Welcome to another episode of Strength for Today with your host here, Eric Dykstra. And I'm so privileged just to have you watching or listening, however you're viewing this content. I'm so thankful. And I just really believe and pray that the Lord is strengthening you, that he's giving you his courage, that he's making you bold uh, in terms of how you follow him, how you hear him, how you see him. And it's just such an honor to get God's heart each week and to share with you what he's been sharing with me. And I hope that it's been giving you a sense of strength and encouragement for your day, for your week, and for the weeks to come as well. So let's jump right in today as we explore Matthew 6 and 7 a little bit deeper. Last uh, episode, we talked about uh, Matthew 6 and 7 as well. And we ended with Jesus's story of building on either a firm foundation on the rock, which is a life built on Christ, or a life uh, like a foolish person would build on would be sand. And when the storms and rain come, uh, if you were wise and built on the rock, they wouldn't be able to knock down the house. And if you build on the sand, uh, the sand would corrode and wash away and your house would fall. And that's a great picture and illustration of what our lives often tend to look like if we're following after Christ and pursuing and seeking him. Proverbs is another great place where this contrast takes place in the Old Testament, where you've got that says the wise and the foolish. And he talks about the, the wise and the benefits and the fruit that they have in their life in terms of following wisdom, which uh, in, it was the equivalent of Christ in the New Testament. And so that's just kind of another equivalent I'll throw in there of how you can make that connection between the Old and the New Testament. But today we're going to break down the life of Jesus a little bit further. And many times in the Gospels, you heard Jesus, uh, even John the Baptist, who was preparing the way for Jesus, he often said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come, or the kingdom of heaven is near or at hand. And when Jesus began to use that statement, he would say, behold, the kingdom of God has come and is before you. So Jesus revealed this kingdom. And that word repent means to turn away from our old way and to turn towards the new. And that's a great image of what we get to do today is turning towards Jesus and his kingdom. So let's look at Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I love that phrase of seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So many times Paul talked about how we become the righteousness of Christ or the righteousness of God through the finished work of Christ on the cross. And so it's not something that you have to produce. It's not something that you have to obtain through performance or behavior, but it's through your faith and through your relationship with Christ. And it says, seek first. This was a theme we hit on earlier this week, was living from an undivided heart, an undivided mind not having a divided identity, but the Lord saying to you and I, he wants all of us, he wants all of our heart, all of our mind, and we can't serve two masters as we saw uh, on Wednesday. But what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Next week, we're going to start unpacking that a lot more, and I want to give you some great illustrations and pictures 
of what the kingdom of God is and how we seek that kingdom first. And in his righteousness, we've got to understand that Christ himself is righteous, that he was perfect, that he was spotless, that he sacrificed his life. And, and now we, through being sanctified and made holy through Jesus's work and through his character, now G God sees us as he does Jesus through his righteousness. So you are the righteousness of Christ. That's a powerful thing I learned from one of my mentors uh, several years ago. It's just making those statements and renewing your mind in that concept of, I am the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of Christ. Or I am the righteousness of God through the work of Christ. One of the statements that I've made earlier this week was that there is God's kingdom which is what God ushered in. It's the values. It's the beliefs of the world. It's uh, a set of values that operate and govern the body of Christ. And it's a worldview that we need to form through reading the word and understanding the intent and the purpose and the original design in which God developed and created everything. Because there is a design and a development that we are intended to align with and to live under and to live within. And if we do that, that's what the, the gospel is saying. That it's like building your life on a firm foundation, building it on the intentional foundation that God established from the beginning of time in placing your life and trust upon that and seeing how God begins to build on it when our life and our foundation is the person of Jesus Christ. And the scripture often says that Jesus came as a king. So God sent his son Jesus to rule and to govern. And it wasn't in terms of how we as a world often view this as kind of a conquering king or a ruler that was coming to end oppression and yet establish um, a higher, a more powerful kingdom. But yet we're going to see on Monday that how God's kingdom is often an upside down kingdom. And he operated from a very different place. And we're going to begin to contrast these two different kingdoms. And I'm going to give you some visuals that I believe are going to help you understand what it's like and what the kingdoms look like and how they're different and how we align ourselves within the right kingdom, God's kingdom and how it brings life and fulfillment, not only to ourselves, but to the world and to the relationships around us. And then this is the thing I get really excited about is you've got a kingdom, you've got a king, and then you've got the most precious aspect to a king within their kingdom. And in a lot of worldly kingdoms, what is the one thing that's most important? It's either power or the money or uh, control. These are a lot of things that the worldly systems will promote, but in God's kingdom, the most valuable thing to his heart was his children, the people he created. And so relationship is one of the foundational pieces that God wants us to enjoy with him. And it's through relationship that we begin to understand God's love and his grace his redemption, his redeeming work of reconciling our hearts about making us pure, spotless, 
as we're reminded in Paul's writings in Ephesians, that Christ is coming back for a spotless bride. So a big part of our life and in this kingdom of God is to be come mature and pure and holy for God to be able to make us whole and redeem our broken parts and our sinful ways and to make us into his image. And that's what we're learning with him. And that's how we're partnering with him is to become more of who he is in this world. Another way that I like to look at this in particular verse from this uh, chapter in Matthew 6 is thinking about a treasure hunt and thinking about a map that you have in order to go and get the treasure. And as you know from a lot of probably childhood movies, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is a treasure hunt is you have this map and on that map there is an X. And what does that X often represent? A treasure. And that treasure often has the ability to make your life improve significantly through the resources of being able to get what it is your heart desires to improve the quality of your life. And so when God says here through Jesus, his son, seek first his kingdom, God given us his son to model for us what life can look like. He's given us his written word which is our treasure map of being able to discover the fullness of who Jesus is. And he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And so many times what happens in our lives is we come to that X where the treasure is. We read his word. We see God in the world and yet we leave it there. That would be like having a treasure map that would give you access to riches unlimited that could significantly improve your life and you spend all of this time getting to the x on the map and yet you didn't bring a shovel to dig in order to pull the treasure up and that's often the way that god works in the world is that he'll reveal himself in places he'll lead us to himself and if we're not willing to have a growth mindset which we talked about last week then a lot of times we settle for these experiences that are much less than what he originally intended. It's like Jesus leading us to the X that's going to give us the ability to grow deeper in, in him and to have a richer life and an experience of the kingdom. It's like God leading us to his kingdom, the treasure in the field, and yet we haven't brought the right tools to do our part, to dig deep. Because when we start to dig on that X, it's in the process of digging where we get to discover a fuller revelation of who God is. And we get to now experience him and not just know about him. Because a lot of times scripture will lead us to knowing about who God is. But then the Lord wants us in those moments and in our circumstances to dig underneath the surface, to experience him, to know his peace, to know his joy to know his love, not just to know about them or to lead us to an intellectual idea of what his love or his joy or his peace can be. But he says, no, I'm going to lead you to it. And if you'll be willing to dig a little bit deeper, your experience is going to grow 
in significant ways that's going to make your life a life of richness, of abundance, of quality, not only just quantity, but of quality of how you experience the Lord and are able to draw upon him in any situation, in any circumstances of life. That's his heart. That's his desire for you. I want to draw our attention to the very next chapter in Matthew 7. And I want to start in verse 7 and go through 11, because this is another great passage to understanding his kingdom. And it says this, he says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And I want your heart to be encouraged today from that scripture, because it says, the Lord's desire is for us to seek and to find. When we knock, it says he'll open the door and he'll answer. It says, <clears throat> you seek him, you will find. And when you ask, it will be given. Do you hear the Father's heart in that? That's seeking the kingdom of God first, coming with an expected heart, coming in hope coming in faith, coming in confidence, that when you come before the Lord and you're seeking him, and you're seeking his kingdom, and your heart's desire is to fully know there comes a point where you have to submit and surrender yourself to his kingdom, to his leadership, to the king of his kingdom, that is Jesus, and surrender to his ways which are often very different from ours. Because I've come to know as I've surrendered to his heart and to his ways, there have been significant things that have opened up in my life. And there are times where I want to keep control and I want to stay in the driver's seat, but yet the Lord is wanting to take the driver's seat. And he's wanting me to just come along for the ride. That's what seeking the kingdom is. That's what seeking first his righteousness and his kingdom. And as you do these things, he says, you'll find what you're looking for. He says, you'll seek and find. Ask and he'll give them. And it says that a good father, which he is, he says, will I not give to you the desires that are in your heart? And when you come with a pure heart, my joy is to give my children what they desire and what they need so that they can be fulfilled, so that they can understand more of who they are. So be encouraged by that scripture today. Back into the Old Testament, I want to draw upon two passages from the book of Amos, or Amos, I'm not sure how you say it, but Amos chapter 3, verses 7 through 8, some of my favorite verses. The Lord does nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants. The Father's heart is to reveal his wisdom, his secrets, to those who truly submit and surrender their heart to his lordship, to his kingdom. And as we 
submit our lives to him in surrender, we yield our heart and step back and say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is why Jesus taught us to pray that, that way and in that capacity so that we would see his kingdom as the top priority and that we would bring his kingdom into the earth as it is in heaven. Let it be on earth, but be encouraged. Amos knew this, is that the Lord does nothing without revealing his heart, his wisdom to his servants. It's his honor and his privilege to partner with you, to work with you, to fulfill what he's called you that only you can accomplish and fulfill in this world. Then in Amos chapter 9, verse 11, we see the goal of God's heart. And one of his greatest desires is he said that he wants to restore the fallen house of David. It's an incredible passage to read. But Amos knew this. He understood God's heart was to restore his people. And he knew that if he came before the Lord, he would receive from the Lord what he was asking, how he was knocking, that the Father would open that door, that he would give what he would need for the time and the hour in which he was living. That's the same assurance that we have, the same hope that we have only in the person of Jesus. I want to end this episode with a couple thoughts. When we yield our hearts to him, here are three things that tend to happen. When we yield to his kingdom, to the king who is Jesus, and when we understand that we are his love's beloved children. One, we don't hide things from people. You've often heard me say that one of my greatest heart values is to live in the light. We don't hide things from people. And this is something that I'll be honest, in my life, I've kept things from people. And I've hurt people and I've wounded them because of the things that I haven't brought into the light. And when Jesus wanted to bring light and life into those areas and to heal them and to set me free from these things, for a long time, I was resistant. And until I fully submitted my heart and I was able to get out the root inside of me, I couldn't live in the fullness with an undivided heart and an undivided mind. Back to some of the episodes where I've shared on my own healing journey. And then getting through difficult and hard times. And you'll start to see some of this as you begin to hear my story. And as you listen to the story of God's children, you're going to hear this. Is that God isn't one who likes things hidden and kept in the dark. Because truth often confronts the things that stay hidden deep within our hearts. And that we try to mask or pretend in life and project images of what we're not. Because we're keeping things from being exposed in the light. And sometimes that's uncomfortable and that's hard. We don't wanna hide things. And we understand that truth is disruptive. And when we're yielded to God's kingdom and when we're yielded to the person of Jesus, we begin to understand that Jesus can be very disruptive, not in a bad, harmful and uh, intentional way, but when we're living in the world and when we're living the way that so many of us do apart from Jesus. When he enters into our world, it challenges and it convicts us in a very confrontational way 
where we've got to make choices and decisions of either being all in or if we're going to live partially, then we're still going to reap um, some of the, the, the consequences and the bad fruit uh, of our choices when we're not fully yielded to the kingdom in the king of kings. And the third thing, and I often say this to my children, and this is something that I've had to learn throughout the course of my life is to be a truth teller, is that when we understand God's kingdom and we understand the king, and when we begin to understand that the most precious thing to our king is his people, we want to be truth tellers to one another. And we want to live in the light because that's what Jesus and his kingdom is all about. He wants you to live free and in permission and in favor. But in order to do that, we've got to be truth tellers. And that's one of the things that for children can be very hard to understand because we get buried in shame and guilt and condemnation. of If we tell the truth, then I'm just going to get in trouble or there's going to be parts of my life and parts of my heart that I'm really ashamed of. But I want to encourage you that as you learn to tell the truth, it's a much wiser lifestyle. Because going back to that parable, the two foundations is that when we live in the light and when we bring these things out and tell the truth, there's a lot better progression to our lives. And it's when the storms and when all these things begin to uh, pound on our life, we have the internal fortitude and the peace and the strength of Christ that our life has been built on and that the foundation has been built upon that the world cannot shake because his kingdom is unshakable. Jesus is unshakable. And his desire is for his children to develop a lifestyle of being immovable and unshakable. And I believe that's possible for us, but too many of us are, are still building our lives on the foundation of sand. And there's consequences for that. And I want to encourage us as we end our episode, again, to come back to this idea of seeking first his kingdom, seeking him as the king, and learning to live as the beloved child of God. And I want to close this episode by just reading some lyrics of a dear song to my heart. And this was on a song by a guy named Pat Barrett called Build My Life. And I want you to just hear these words and I would encourage you to go listen to this song and just tune your heart into it and let the words speak over you. So hear these words as we close today. It says, worthy of every song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever bring, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Oh, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name, Jesus, the only one who could ever save, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes and wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Jesus, the name above every other name, Jesus, the only one who could ever save, you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. Like I've said before, I wish I could sing that over you, but I'm just not that musically inclined and confident enough to do that. But a lot of times this song rises up in my heart and as I listen to it, and then I even hear the words spoken out loud, I love what it says, worthy. 
Jesus is worthy of us to build our lives upon him. And this whole song is talking about how I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone. I will not be shaken. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. So Father, as we come to a close this week, I want to pray your blessing over each and every person listening or watching this week, that you would help them to continue to build their life upon you. And if there's someone listening who hasn't put their faith in you, but is intrigued by this kingdom that you reveal through your word, and to put their faith in the one true King of Kings, Jesus, I pray that they would have the courage to do that right now. Just simply invite him into your heart and say, Lord, I want to invite you into my heart. I want to build my life upon your foundation, upon you. And I want the fruit of my life to be in loving relationships with those around me. So Father, would you bless them? Would your presence be ever clear and ever known to them today? I pray these things in Jesus' wonderful name. May you go today seeking his kingdom. And I pray that as you ask, you will receive. As you knock, the doors will be opened. And as you seek him, you will find him in beautiful and profound ways. Because he's there, he's present, he's waiting for you. So be blessed today. And God, strengthen your heart today. We'll see you here next week where I'm going to unpack some incredible things in terms of what the kingdom of God is like. And I believe it's going to help you see it, understand it, and, and come to terms with how to live in this kingdom. So join me next week. We'll see you then.